Abstract Athlete Podcast, where art and sports collide. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Abstract Athlete Podcast. Make sure to stop by our website, theabstractathlete.com, and beginningintoys.com to check out our new product line. If you have any questions or comments, please send it to info at theabstractathlete.com. Also, do not forget to listen to the other podcasts on the Abstract Athlete Network. Really thrilled about the podcast today, and I want to give a big thanks to our mutual friend, Fred Reefmiller, for connecting us as I get to talk with licensed professional counselor and champion ultra marathon runner, Katie Graff. Make sure to check out her website, katiegraff.com. Let's welcome Katie Graff. Thank you for doing this. This is actually a blast when I, I started recording, by the way, I started off the bat, but when I talked to Fred, um, we actually had a class reunion this year. He was like, you have to get Katie on the podcast. Cause she's so awesome. She's doing all, I was like, absolutely. Okay, man, like, let's do it. So, um, I appreciate you doing this. Um, I'm excited to have you on. I think you're the first ultra marathoner that I've actually talked to. I had um, an event, what are they called? I think I told you this when we talked recently, uh, fastest known time. Oh yeah. Runner. Yeah. Um, yeah. I had, had somebody on last season and because this is so far in a different direction to my workouts, it's always like, I, I'm a, uh, high intensity training kind of a guy. Um, oh, yeah. and, and I mean, I'll do shorter runs like just to offset the the sprints that and stairs that i do but what you do is just so wild to me um so i would definitely want to get into it and i actually want to ask you about creativity because that's a lot we we like to talk about you know mental health and health and you know obviously as a as a as a runner you, and you, I've read some stuff like what you like to eat and drink and stuff, but I also read something, but I couldn't find any background on it about sewing. Like, is there an interest in sewing or something? Yeah, I actually, I like to sew costumes. Oh, cool. Okay. So I definitely want to get into that as well. Just, just like the, what the balance is in terms of like physical and mental activities and stuff. Um, yeah. And then I know you were at the moment training for um a 200 miler correct yeah it's a race in italy it's 217 miles wow. and um it's called tour de gants just it blows my mind to yeah. do these things so how long did like i don't know where to start to be honest with you but um i'll start off with the most lamest question of all time how long does a 200 17 miler take for you well i'm not sure i've done four other 200s and my times of range 
anywhere from 80 hours to I think 108 hours. Um, so with this race in Italy, though, I'll be running at a higher altitude than I'm used to. And it has a lot more elevation gain. It's about 80,000 feet of gain. Um, so the race I had done in Washington, Bigfoot 200, that had about 60,000 feet. Um, so this will be significantly more. Um, and the time cutoff is 150 hours. So it's about a week. Um, <laughs> but if the weather is good, I'm hoping to finish in under 130 hours. Right. We'll see. Um, it's just hard to know because um, a lot of things can go wrong during several days, you know. Right. No, I mean, it's I, – I, like – I, I want to get into like, there's so many different questions that I have. And because again, like I talked to Fred a little bit about this and, and I actually had another friend that did an ultra marathon, but I think it was, I want to say it was either 50 or a hundred and I can't remember which one it was. And I think he only did the one, but so okay. you, you, again, I'm, I'm going on stuff that I've, you know, like kind of research read, like you really got, you were always interested in in running in some ways in high school i think is what i read but then you really got into the ultra stuff in 2014 was that what is that correct yeah um yeah and like I what was that what was that switch that because like running a marathon and running an ultra marathon are two different worlds like like how does it go from like zero to 100 yeah well i had um I think, yeah, it was back in early 2014. Um, I had hosted a couch surfer. Are you familiar with that network couch surfing? Oh, is um, that, I mean, is that like when people visit and using. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. like a website and app and yeah. people can stay with each other. Like it's yeah. all over the world, but I had a couch surfer stay with me and he was an ultra runner. And that was the first time I had heard about ultra marathons and he had done several hundred milers. Um, and I just like picked his brain about it. And after he left, I was just thinking like, that guy is crazy, you know, and <laughs> I couldn't even like conceive of it. And I thought to myself, like, I would never even do 50 miles, you know, and then I think like six months later, I was doing um, a local race here. It was a Captain Carl's night trail race. And it was a 30 K and afterward, um, I just felt like I had so much energy and I was like, well, maybe I should consider doing an ultra. And so that was, um, yeah, like August of 2014. And then by December I had signed up for my first ultra and it was at Brazos Bend. Uh, <laughs> it just, I mean, it literally, it sounds so far out of my realm of understanding. I mean, because I just, I can't even imagine running a marathon and I'm in, I mean, I'm in good shape for being 53. Like I, again, I work out every day, but it's like, that's never been like distances are just not my thing. Like you probably laugh at marathoners, don't you? Huh, 20. No, I mean, <laughs> marathons are hard and yeah. they're very intense for me. You know, Is I just a, did Boston in April. Um, did you? Is that different yeah. for you? Do you like, do you like in your head try to run faster? Yeah, I because mean, it's it shorter. Really intense, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a bit more challenging in different ways for me, you know. Right. I mean, that yeah. does that has that's an interesting. I never thought about that in comparison, like an ultra marathon or running 
a regular marathon, like psychologically, it has to be something like, well, I run 200 miles. This is going to be a piece of cake or something. <laughs> no, I don't think I've ever thought well, <laughs> Sometimes I think about like, if I'm struggling during a race, I'll think about something much harder that I've done and we'll say like, well, at least I'm not doing that again, or at least I got through that so I can get through this, you know? So I'll try to think of something worse or harder. And <laughs> I think that helps me like minimize the discomfort or pain. Yeah. So how do you, I mean, how do you train for an ultra marathon? Like, is it, is it kind of the same as a marathon or where you kind of add? Yeah. yeah it's the main difference is that you're doing long back to back runs. And so like on Saturday or Sunday, you might be doing like a 20 mile and 30 mile run. Or if you're doing time-based, it might be like a three and a four hour run, you know? Um, and yeah, I would say that's the main thing. And then as you get closer to the race, you'll have more race specific training. So you might be doing like more um, hill repeats or maybe you're going on trails that's more similar to the terrain you'll be racing on. Right. Yeah. And, and so, I mean, just describe for, for people like there's not, I mean, there's no breaks technically, right? It's just like a straight run. Well, they have aid stations and for like the 200 mile races, they'll have um, some sleep stations connected to the aid stations, but the clock just keeps running unless you're doing like a stage race. But, um, yeah, so you're kind of always running against the clock and each aid station has a time cutoff. So if you don't make it there or you don't leave there in time, you'll get disqualified. Um, it's why, cause I've, I don't remember there was a, it was kind of maybe the first famous ultra marathon. I read some article on him. I don't know, maybe, God, maybe 10 years ago. I don't even, I have loss of time in, in general especially with COVID, you just, I mean, time just disappeared, but I just remember reading and I think it was something maybe in Utah, maybe it was California, but I remember reading this article about that he would literally like eat a pizza while he was running. And, you know, and I was just like, I, I'm, I mean, I become like really fascinated by this idea and like kind of being sleep deprived. And, and I read there again, I read something somewhere like, you said something about hallucinating with cows. And I'm assuming that was like just that state that like, I'm assuming you're like, you get into that state of, I mean, for artist flow, but like in the zone that you, like everything just kind of changes and disappears. And it's just like this, you're almost in tunnel vision. Like, is that, is that like a, a good way to say it? Like, cause I'm assuming even if you're like, you're having like breaks while you're running and maybe catching an hour or two sleep, there is like, you know, like a, a weird state that you get into. Yeah. I feel like once you're that sleep deprived, I, I think like shadows and lines start to become pretty blurry. And so like a tree or like a log or something like that, it's easy to like mistake it for an animal or a person. Um, and all for all the 200s I've done, I've been pretty aware that I'm hallucinating, but I've definitely um, heard stories about runners who were like completely unaware and um, 
yeah, like did things like through their poles, like right off the mountain, got into like a fight with their pacer because they thought they were like being followed. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, mean, I don't I, know. I, I got to that point, but you I never mean, know. Is it something like you're like, I mean, obviously, like I said, you know, one of the things I read is you're, you've always been interested in fitness and, yeah. and, but is it something like that idea of pushing the body to its limits? Is that part of your thinking or, I mean, because it really truly like in some ways, I think this is almost like without the steroids, like people that like are strength trainers that are trying to get big, like they're just pushing their bodies to these places that we don't think are possible. I mean, yeah. is, is that part of it? Yeah. I mean, I really like exploring my limitations, um, both mentally and physically, you know? Um, and I think when I've been out doing a 200 mile race, you really get to see how adaptable and resilient you are, Yep. you know, and it helps, it's helped me grow as a person to get through some of those really challenging moments. Oh, I'm sure. Like, I mean, what's, I mean, do you like, <laughs> this is another weird question, but like, do you listen to anything when you're running? Do you like, what do you think about? Or is it, is it kind of a focus that you are just kind of disappearing in that space? Yeah, it depends. Um, with some of the, the 200s I've done, I've usually had pacers. So I haven't really, I've just talked to them and I haven't really listened to anything, but some of my longer training runs, I'll listen to music or podcasts. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that helps. But um, a lot of times during a race, I'm thinking about like, how many miles is it to the next aid station? Um, how much, you know, vertical gain is there? Like, what time do I think I'll be finishing based on the pace I'm going at? Um, so it ends up being a lot of math. And then as I get more sleep deprived, I become less able <laughs> to do the math. And yeah, we'll ask other people. Yeah. Does it, it like does it become easier to run when you become sleep deprived because it be like, uh, that's a weird way to say it, but like, because it becomes like the motion becomes like habit at that point. Like, you know what I mean? Like, is it like, do you notice that? Like, cause I think one of the reasons why I don't like running distances is I mean, I'm, I'm a bigger framed guy and I just hate the pounding on my body. And I'm, and I'm like curious to know, like, does that kind of go away like that, that kind of like almost like a numbness. I don't, I don't know a better way to say it, but you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think sometimes you can still kind of get into that, like almost like flow state or runner's high. But for, for me personally, it's been less likely because my, my muscles will just start to hurt more <laughs> and it becomes harder to motivate yourself to, keep running for like longer periods, you know, but, um, that can change. That's the thing with ultras is that things can change so quickly, you know, and if you're feeling like crap and, um, you've hit this huge low, maybe like five minutes later, something could change. And now you're like on this huge high and you're like flying down a mountain, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, it's kind of wild. It's, it's like an emotional roller coaster at times. Oh, and I, I can't, I can't even imagine like running for 90 hours, what that is like, 
because the the yeah. highs and lows i almost said the hoes and lies but that that idea of like where where the brain goes um yeah. not the not the body but the brain which obviously is, it you know like obviously that controls the body in some capacity but how i don't know like it's it's again like it's mind boggling to me to imagine what you go through in those moments um yeah kind of exhilaration yeah. and 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 deflation right yeah i've definitely experienced like my some of my like lowest emotional lows while doing the 200s um and you, like sorry to interrupt but is that do you find that as a good thing like in the long run because like you're pushing your body to those places and you're able to go through it and come out on the other end yeah yeah i think it was good for me um when i did my first 200 on bigfoot in 2016 um part of the reason i did it was actually to experience more emotional lows and to see how i would deal with it um and this sounds a little strange but i think for a while i felt like i didn't feel like some of the more negative emotions that intensely um there's just not a lot that makes me that upset and i um i have a therapist i see and i was telling him this and he was joking around saying like you know you don't have to run like 200 miles to do this (laughs) (laughs) therapy is going to be overtaken by ultra marathoners he's like i'm out of a job now sorry (laughs) yeah exactly but I mean, I had other runners tell me like, yeah, if you run 200 miles, you know, then you'll really see your demons and, you know, you hit these pretty big lows. Um, and I was curious to see how I'd respond to that and what would come up for me, you know? I mean, I yeah. like, I assume like, I, I haven't looked at this, but like how big of a community is this? Is it gr- I mean, it's obviously grown since its inception, Um, I don't, I still don't assume that it's like a huge community because again, like this is, or, or is it getting bigger? I don't, I don't know. Like, cause I know like, again, you won, you've won multiple races. You won for the first time in 2016, correct? Was that Bigfoot that you won? Yeah. Okay. Um, which just has to be like an unbelievable feeling. I mean, God, that, I I mean, I mean, literally that has to be just amazing. Um, yeah. It was, it was a great experience. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, just like, it's like, there's just so many different elements to it that like, again, like psychologically and, and, and like what it takes to get there. And, and I don't know, like I, I, I'm again, like I keep going back to the word fascinating, but it, it is like a fascinating thing, but is, is, is it a, like a, a pretty tight knit group that yeah you know. it's definitely growing a lot um i would say back in 2016 um it felt like pretty small but now there are some more there's like cocodona 250 in arizona and um yeah there's definitely more people signing up um the races i think are selling out quicker um and for this race I'm doing in Italy, they usually have 700 runners and this year they're, yeah, I have a thousand. Wow. Yeah. So it'll be pretty big. And so um, like, I mean, how many 
do you what okay there was one thing that i um and when we talked a couple weeks ago and i think fred mentioned this the what is it called the triple crown what is it, the uh, what is it called triple it, is it the triple crown yeah so what what yeah. is that is like is it it's obviously three races um but like i guess in a bigger question what's that for one and then in a bigger question like how many of these do you run in a year like is it are you like did you start yeah. off running one did you now you're running four like you know how do you balance all that What's yeah well with the triple crown it was yeah three races um and they were three weeks apart from each other um so it was interesting trying to recover from each one and then get ready for the next one um and at the time that I did it, there was only um, one other woman and I doing it, um, wow. Sylvia Greenberg. Yeah, so um, that was pretty cool. We were the first two women to complete the triple crown. Um, I mean, so that, like, how do how did you recover? I mean, like going back to the sewing thing, was that something in, as part of your recovery to you? Like, because again, like what we talk about at the abstract athlete is this kind of balance of physical activity for wellness mixed with a, a mental creative, um, activity practice. Um, you know, cause it's again, like it's good for our health. It's good for our mental health and obviously like nutrition, you know, what we put in our bodies. Um, right. Yeah. I was doing a lot of stretching, um, a lot trying to catch up on sleep. Um, trying to think I did um I would get like some massages um I had an injury after the first race so I was kind of um it was an injury on in the top of my foot and I was trying to heal that um and you had an Achilles injury right as well like yeah a bad one like as I'm sure that 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 has to throw everything off because didn't it yeah. didn't I read like the first the first time you run an ultra, you were planning on running a hundred, but you had to knock it down to a 50 because you hurt your ankle or something or your foot. Was that? Yeah, I was running in a really old pair of shoes. That was like a mineral shoe. And yeah, I had like a little bit of a strain in the top of my foot. Um, but it was actually fine during the race. Um, but yeah, that I wanted the hundred miler to be my first ultra and I'm glad that I went with the 50 instead. <laughs> <laughs> Introduction. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, with the recovery, it just seemed like the time really flew by and like, you know, you're already trying to prepare for the next race and get all the logistics figured out and drop bags. And, um, yeah, it felt like it really flew by did i mean did you notice any difference between like the the three races in terms of like your body like was the second one the hardest one i would imagine in my head i would imagine that the second one was the hardest one mentally but I, that's just yeah. like what i would think well yeah i think they all had different challenges i bigfoot was i guess one of the easier ones just because i had like fresh legs and I, I already did the course the previous year. So I think just knowing what to expect was helpful. And then with Tahoe, I struggled with that injury, but also I think that was the hardest one for me mentally. 
Um, I just hit some pretty big lows. Um, and then Moab 240, that was pretty challenging because I there was it was a lot of Jeep road and I thought there would be more single track trail. And I think it's easier for me to like forget about the discomfort and suffering if there's like really beautiful scenery and there were some like amazing views there in the desert but um i was actually going to ask that if that's something that you pay attention to while you're running yeah i really enjoy that i think that's why like bigfoot 200 is one of my favorite courses um and it's just big where's bigfoot again it's in washington and so we kind of go around mount st helens and um yeah you just go through all these mountains in the cascades and it's really gorgeous um but yeah with moab it was all like mostly exposed too so you had to deal with the heat and then at night i think i really struggled with the cold um and when i was really sleep deprived and wanting to take like a nap on the trail it's just hard when it's like 30 out (laughs) so yeah they all had their different challenges i think but and moab was also 240 miles so I knew I had to go farther. Is there like, what's the longest race? I mean, official and unofficial, like what, or what's the longest somebody has run or what's the longest you've run is the two forty the longest one you've run. Yeah. That's the longest I've run, but I mean, there's like 500 mile races. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, that takes like a week. Yeah. Mo- probably more than that. Yeah. If it's in the mountains. Um, and some people will do like those timed events and they'll run for like, I don't know, four or five days straight. And, you know, they'll do hundreds and hundreds of miles. I just can't even, I can't even wrap my head around that. I can't, yeah. I don't know. I, it's, it's, I, it, it, again, like, I think the thing to me is, is it just really truly says what the human body or what we are capable yeah. of. Because that's pushing into this to this place of of sheer ex- exhaustion, which pushes you know like in some ways it opens up the mind to like like you said like there's almost a hallucination happening where we're like accepting and understanding things in completely different ways. Yeah, that's true. Wild. What do you like? So what do you? I've read again like some stuff, but like what do you eat? while you're running or like things that, you know, maybe you feel are, are good for you that like keeping your energy up. Cause that's obviously a big part of this is, is energy. Yeah. Um, well, initially I'll usually start off having like humid gels and then, um, after a while you kind of get tired of those and uh, you want like meals. Yeah. So <laughs> Yeah, the A stations, um, usually they do a really good job with making meals. Um, They'll have anything from like eggs to burgers, um, quesadillas, soup, um, pasta. (laughs) Um, So it's hard to imagine like eating like a heavy meal like that and then, you know, going back out. But um, yeah, you're going at a really comfortable pace. It's not like you're sprinting or something you yeah. know but do you you actually stop because again i think that the one that article i read about that ultra marathon back to in the day and there was actually a picture of him eating while he's running do you actually physically stop and eat 
Oh yeah. Um, or is I it guess a c- combo. Uh, yeah, it's like a combination. Um, sometimes, yeah, like later in the race, you'll probably be more likely to want to like sit down at the aid station, um, change out some of your gear, get more water, and eat. Um, and I saw um, for this Italy race, they have um, like some massage therapists at some of the aid stations. So maybe I'll get a massage during the race. <laughs> I think that would be actually good to get all that the, uh, the cortisol out. Yeah, because that's again, I just I, the recovery from from running, I think would be to me is just it just seems like it would take a while. Um, and how? Yeah. But I, I mean, I again, like I'm only imagining what I feel like when I go run like five miles. And again, I'm I'm not trying to run distances like i'm more into the other thing but it's still that that pounding like you you get and um i just i i imagine that that would actually be like a really interesting thing to have there to have a massage therapist to work out all that junk out of your muscles yeah definitely um yeah i'm sure i'll be getting some massages after the race (laughs) have Um, you ever considered like doing a triathlon i mean is that anything that you're interested in yeah i would like to do that one of these days um i enjoy swimming i think i'd have to work the most on cycling but um i have a road bike and uh, one of these days i'll get to it (laughs) yeah the next challenge do they have all like have they ultra marathon or ultra the uh Oh, for triathlon? Yeah. I mean, those are already insane, but like, I am assuming that they've like put that on air quotes steroids and done like the double. (laughs) Yeah. There's, um, I can't remember his name now. There's a triathlete. I think he did like a hundred Ironmans in a hundred days or something. Yeah. It was pretty intense. Um, so yeah, people have definitely gone to some extremes with the Ironmans and triathlons wow i I just again i just can't wrap my head around it but the abstract athlete is sponsored by and in partnership with begin again toys begin again toys is an eco-friendly and educational toy company focused on sustainable ways to explore and play with a goal to inspire children with stories of innovation adventure and good old-fashioned fun for more information visit beginagaintoys.com so i want i do want to go back to the the, the creative like so you're you're interested in in sewing costumes like which is like that's really cool um i mean do you find that like that you find that kind of same state because like again one of the things that you know i teach at virginia commonwealth and i work with a lot of student athletes and i used to be like you know an athlete baseball basketball football and stuff and you know they and like you mentioned earlier that that word runners high and you know in in creative space, we call it the flow state. You know, it's the same thing though. Do you find yeah. yourself getting into that state when you sew and, or doing stuff that's creative? Um, yeah, it's a little bit different, but, um, 
yeah, I just feel like it's this other way I can, you know, express myself. And um, another thing I like doing is making um, thank you cards for the volunteers at the aid stations. Um, so I like to make each card and just try to be creative with that. And um, yeah, let people know how grateful I am for their help. Yeah. What did you, so what I I couldn't find this and I maybe it was in somewhere else but what did you like uh what did you study in college just out of curiosity yeah clinical psychology okay wow so that has to be like really interesting for you in terms yeah. of what you're doing now and and <laughs> you're smiling a lot. you're like you know you think about this don't you <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm a therapist and I remember during the first 200 near the end of the race, one of my pacers asked me like how my practice was going. I just, um, started it. And as I started to talk about it and think about my clients, um, I was so sleep deprived that I couldn't remember a lot of my clients. <laughs> so then I started like freaking out a bit and I was like, this is what it's like to be psychotic. And I was like, <laughs> My memory <laughs> just felt like so shot and um yeah I actually I just listened to a podcast last week um from a guy who did the Italy race um I think it was like three years ago and he was saying like two or three weeks out from the race he was still having memory issues and wow. just having a time remembering things um and I haven't noticed like the memory issues that long after a race but yeah, my cognitive skills are definitely affected. But that's, I mean, that's because of the sleep deprivation, I assume. Not not from the running, right? I mean. Yeah, it's just from the sleep um, deprivation. Um, but yeah, it's hard to know, like, how long of an effect it will have on you. And um, just actually doing a lot of the training this summer, it's been a little bit crazy because of this heat. And sometimes I've been getting up at like midnight and starting my runs at like 1am. And you're down and, in Texas, right? Yeah. Right. In so, Austin. Yeah. And so um, that, I mean, yeah, you are dealing with like constant heat down there. Yeah. And then, like, but it's weird. Like I was just talking to my business partner earlier and I was telling him that I was having you on and, and, and we were ta just talking about locations because he lives out in Fort Collins in Colorado, obviously, is like no. I kind of equate to people that are like very aware of being fit. Like, you mean Lance Armstrong lives down there? Obviously, he does. Yeah, I think he does. He do. He um. Remember now, I just saw something yeah. about he's he's not riding bikes as or maybe he did a triathlon maybe that's what it was but it, it's weird like that there's that yeah yeah it is a pretty fit city and we have that 10 mile loop around ladybird lake downtown so people will be down there yeah I think so. I've found um, just a lot of great running communities here in Austin. Um, my closest friends are people that I met through running groups. Um, and they've yeah certainly inspired me and motivated me um, 
in a lot of different ways. And one of the things I, you know, I noticed again, researching like you, um, and I really like this and I'm wondering if it's something you will ever do again, that you like kind of had a blog of sorts. Oh yeah. I was thinking about restarting that. Um, no, I think it's really yeah. cool that it, it, um, almost like a, you know, like blogs to me are almost kind of like diaries. Um, mm -hmm. and again, for somebody like me that doesn't do it, but like there's, there's a fascination with, I mean, maybe it's bad for me cause I get fascinated by so many things, but it's like, it's something like, you know, like it's, it's kind of a cool way to follow along with your kind of journey, um, in, in what, you know, you're doing as a human, I guess, for lack of a better way to say it. Um, is that, I mean, it, it is something like you've thought about like starting up again. Yeah, I actually, I like to journal a lot. Um, That's cool. and yeah, for the triple crown, I started a journal and, you know, talked about all my training and then I'll send you one of ours if you want. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. Um, yeah. And then for this training, I've been journaling about it and, um, it's just been helpful to try to like better organize my thoughts, see if there's patterns. Um, and yeah, with what I was saying earlier about training this summer, I think my brain has been a little bit foggy because of my sleep schedule being so off and just running in the heat all summer. And, um, I don't feel as mentally sharp as I usually am. <laughs> so it, yeah, training for these races, I think can definitely take a toll on your mind and your body. Um, I don't think I would do it every year, maybe every couple of years, but this Italy race is one that I've been wanting to get into for a few years. Yeah. Well, what, like I, something I like ask people a lot and, and it's, it's a projection of, of sorts. And you know, it's, it's that stupid question. Like, what do you see yourself doing in 10 years? But I hate asking like that, but like, you know, like how long, how much longer do you think about doing ultras? Um, or like, do you see a transition into just running marathons or doing triathlons? Um, yeah. like what, like, I mean, or do you even think about that? Or like, is it something that you just like one day, like ah, I'm done, you know, and then I'm going to, I'm just going to go back to my practice and I'll ride my bike for exercise. <laughs> you know I mean? Cause there's, yeah. a, there's, a, there's such a huge discipline in what you're doing, obviously. And it's extremely time consuming, but you love it. And so it's like that idea. It's like when I talk to uh, professional athletes, for instance, when they end, when they're done. And like, even for me at a lower level, like I played baseball at Ohio state, I could have been drafted, but I went to college, blah, blah, blah. And when yeah. I quit, I quit school cause I shouldn't have been in school. But when I quit, it was like that. I don't want to say that dream, but it was that dream. That dream of playing baseball is done. And it's like, not that like running ultras is the dream, but it is in, in some ways what you're defined as. And not that that, not that I'm saying that, but a lot of people, that's who they know you as like, I guess it's a, like, what's next question or where do you see things going? You know, there's yeah. a long way to get to that, that question, but you know, it, it, it's more than like, what's going to happen in 10 years kind of a question. Right. Well, it's been interesting to see how it's changed over the years, but um, 
I mean, I hope I'll still be, you know, running ultras in like my 60s and 70s, to be honest. Um, I remember in high school, like my dream was to run the New York City Marathon. And um, I still haven't done it yet. And I I think I actually might do it next year um, because I've done a couple of road marathons recently to qualify. Um, But it doesn't have the same meaning or importance to me now. And I, I think part of that is because I feel like I can grow more as a person when I do some of these ultras than when I do a marathon. Um, I mean, I still learn a lot. It's just, um, it just challenges me in a different way. And um, after doing Boston and going through that whole process, I'm not as big of a fan as like these larger races where it's very like commercialized and, so I don't know what I'll think of New York. I mean, it's a huge race, um, but I still want to go and experience it. I just have like different expectations about it now than I did in high school. Yeah. But I mean, like in some ways, I think your, your dream changed. Like, and I think that happens a lot of your, it, it shifted Yeah. or whatever. Um, and I, I, I love that idea of thinking about you running when you're 60 or 70 and that goes to my next question now that just popped up like like who is the oldest person running these these ultra marathon i mean are there people in their 60s and 70s running these yeah there is um i was i think he's in his 70s um there's a guy named um gene dykes and he ran bigfoot i think the first year i did it and then also the following year doing the triple crown and yeah, he's an amazing individual. I think he's in his seventies. He has a lot of world records. Um, but yeah, um, it's just incredible what we can do. And he's, I mean, he's like a pro athlete. He's he takes really good care of himself. But I'm just thinking, like, I hope I can still do this when I'm seventies. You know, I mean, what's I mean, again, like I'm I'm projecting, but like the the injuries and like, is there legitimate concern for, for your body in terms of like the, the, the pounding or, or, you know, like, but just different, like, because, because again, we, you are pushing yourself to these limits that in some ways are, I mean, are unknown. Um, and, 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 like for a seven year, like that's amazing to me, like to, to be able to be doing that, like at that age, which is, I mean, it's awesome. It's actually inspiring. Um, but yeah. is it something that, um, like, I don't know, like, I don't know the question then in that, but it, like, is the, is there a concern for you in that, in terms of like what could happen to your body? Yeah. I mean, I know like, with the pounding and the impact and stuff, it's, you know, eventually going to wear down like some of the cartilage in my knees. Um, and I think if there comes a point where I can't run at all, I would probably do a lot more swimming or cycling. Um, but I, I don't know if that's inevitable or if I can like fight it off. Um, I do think that running trail as opposed to road is easier on my body. Um, just having the different terrain and, um, 
yeah, mixing it up like that. I think I recover quicker. Um, it's less intense than running on road. Um, so in some ways, I think I'm like less prone to injuries when I'm doing ultras than when I'm running a road marathon. Huh. I, um, I mean, again, I think that makes sense. Um, God, no, I like, there's so many, <laughs> so many things that I start thinking about, like while, yeah. while you're talking. No, I mean, it is like, it's just, it's one of those things. And I, and I was going to the FKT, um, and, and thoughts and, and how, you know, he, that just the experiences that like yeah. you're, you're doing something that so very few people are doing like, and, and like what your experience and as, as a human, but like visually, physically, mentally, and what you're going through, like, it's, I don't know, like it's, it's, um, it is inspiring to me. Like, I don't think I'll ever do it. Like, again, I don't know, maybe one day I'll try to run a marathon. I don't know. Um, but it, it's, it's just, it's something that's, um, I don't know, like for lack of, I, I just keep going back to inspiring and I just can't, um, wrap my head around like what, what you're going through during these times, like when you're running and stuff. I don't know. I, I yeah, I, I, there was no question there. It's, it's me yeah. just like mental, like just thinking about, um, about the, that, like just trying to absorb that as, as just a person talking to you. Like it, it's, I don't know. It's just kind of cool to, um, to imagine like you're one of, you know, 2000 people in the world that do this or whatever, you know, however many people there are that do it. And, yeah. and, 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 and like you said, you're, you were one of the first or first two women to do this. I mean, that's, that's just that, I don't know. That's just kind of cool to me to like, to imagine. And you probably don't even think about it, but <laughs> I mean, yeah. as an outsider, it's just, it's, it is like, it's kind of, it's just kind of a wild, um, experience so like i mean you're doing this this race in italy are you doing any more ultras this year i'm not sure um uh -huh. uh, yeah a couple of people have asked me like what's after the italy race i don't know yet um i might try to do another race before the end of the year but i'm not sure i'll see how long it takes me <laughs> to recover i guess right um uh, but I mean, the last few months have been pretty um, intense with my training. And so I wouldn't mind cutting back on my volume and intensity a little bit for maybe a month. Um, so we'll see. Maybe I'll try to do some more cycling or swimming to help recover. Have you tried? Um, I mean, have you tried that as a, as a recovery? Mean, to me, swimming would be actually a really great way to recover from running. I, yeah. Um, I, I love swimming. I just don't do it as much as just cause location of going to a pool. Oh, and stuff. Yeah. It's just, and I hate, it's so funny. I think I've actually said this to Fred. Maybe I never said it to Fred, but I, even as like an athlete in high school or what, or even post high school. And I just, I never like training with anybody. Like I don't, I don't even like going to yoga classes. I'll do yoga by myself. Like I like lifting weights at home. I like running by myself. I don't like being bothered by other people in a gym or a pool or whatever. It's like, it's so fun. Like I, I like the isolation of, of a workout by myself. Um, that's yeah. why I was kind of asking 
like when you run, like if you wear headphones or listen to music and stuff, just because for me, like, again, this is just a personal thing. Like I get kind of lost into listening to a podcast or music and it makes time evaporate in some ways. Yeah. Yeah. I actually noticed the last couple of months I've been listening to more podcasts about survival stories. And I think in a weird way, <laughs> that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it helps me um, kind of minimize, I guess, any discomfort I'm feeling, or if I want to like feel bad for myself, I start thinking like, Oh, well, these people have been stuck in a cave for like 20 days, you know? <laughs> um, I could run like, 200 miles. These people were attacked by a bear. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I don't know if that's like the healthiest thing, but it's definitely helped me get through some of my training. And um, I don't know. It just helps me better cope with some of the discomfort, I think. Do you, um, I, and, how many, so how many ultras have you run? Total. Um, I don't, um, Do you have any idea? <laughs> Yeah, it's probably over 40, maybe 50. Do you have like a favorite? Like you've obviously run the Bigfoot one multiple times and Yeah, that I think that is my favorite here in the US. Um one of my favorite races though was in Nepal. It was yeah, it was so beautiful. It was a stage race around um we circumnavigated Manaslu and um yeah, the culture was amazing. The food was incredible. Um, there was about 70 people in the race, so we got to know each other pretty well. And um, yeah, it was just like the most beautiful race I've ever done. But I assume that that had to be like elevation issues. Yeah. Yeah, I did borrow a friend's um, high altitude sleeping tent okay. before that race. So um I think that helped, but we did go up to, I think above 16,000 feet. Jeez. Yeah. I mean, that'll make you hallucinate just walking up there. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I get, I get, I get like a little crazy when I'm driving my car in the mountains. I mean, seriously, I've, I've told I driving on uh, the backside of Aspen. What is that name of that place? Uh, They have a bike race there. I don't know what it's called, but I've like, there's this like mountain road and it's like, 12,000 feet or whatever. And like, I start because I'm below sea level here in Richmond. um, Oh yeah. And so it's like, I start definitely feeling the effects of altitude that first couple of days that I'm in it, just being there, not even running. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people in that race were struggling with a lot of different symptoms. Um, I had some of the runners, like their eyes were almost swollen shut. Yeah, I had never seen that before. But yeah, everyone's faces were kind of like inflamed and um, it was interesting. <laughs> yeah. No, um, that's wild. Well, thank you for doing this because I, again, like for me, and I hope you keep sewing. I hope you do other art stuff. I'll send you some paintbrushes uh, as a <laughs> painter myself. No, I, because again, like that thing that we like to talk about is, is, the importance of having a physical practice and a mental practice for, for, you know, creative being the mental side, um, for our mental health and our health in general. And, and again, like you're, I think you're a really inspiring person because I do think you're taking this thing to this, this place that most people 
99.9%, probably, will never experience. And so like in some ways, that's why I was asking about the blog, is there is this kind of living vicariously through your experience, um, just because it is, it's such a wild thing to me. Um, and like, and like understanding us as a human race, because you're doing something that we just don't do like, and, and so I think it's like really cool and, and really glad that, like I said, that Fred put us together and, um, and I do hope you, you start the blog again, or, or maybe I follow you on Instagram now, like just because it's fun to kind of check in, um, and see what people are doing. Like that's for me is doing this podcast. Like I, I, I say this to my business partner all the time. Like I feel lucky because I'm the one that gets to meet all these people, you know, yeah. and like having conversations with people I would never ever have conversations with and, and learn about them and, and able to like put your stories out into the world in a, in a, you know, different way. Cause I'm sure I know you've done podcasts, um, like, ultra marathon podcasts and stuff. And, and, you know, in some ways we obviously talked a lot about that, but we we're a different kind of space. And it's cool for me to know that like maybe some artists are listening to this and, and yeah. like, you know, like going, wow, like the way that she thinks there's, there's some, there's some relationship to how I make art or blah, blah, blah. You know, and like those kind of right. relationships I think become like really important in, in understanding us as humans. Right. I agree. So. Yeah. I, I will um, start posting again on my blog. Thank you for bringing that up. <laughs> now it's pressure. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's, I've been wanting to, and I was just looking through that um, journal I did for the triple crown last night. And I was thinking, Oh, I should write more about my training and the races. No, it's yeah. Th there's, there's some really interesting things about like you online and, and that, you know, it was, it was really fun doing, um, and that, yeah, I was like looking at the, what the ultra marathon podcast, but it's, it was, it, again, like it's fun learning about the people I talk, um, talk to because again, like I, I've been able to like talk to all these people in so many different spaces and, but yet there's like, there's still some sort of thread that kind of connects us all, um, in, in some ways. And it, it was fun for me to like find this little nugget of sewing and I'm like, okay, she does have this mental practice on, uh, you know, that, that maybe drives her in a different way as an athlete and, 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 or helps her recover as an athlete or, or whatever. And, you know, and, and, and then it's, it's cool to learn like, like what you studied and like, do you have that practice and, and how that like manifests itself into what you're doing as an athlete. And, and I just, again, like it's, it's, I, I, I'm really glad Fred put us together because it's been like really fun. Oh, one last question that I always ask because I always put new music to each podcast that we do. Um, usually I, we'll just write something on GarageBand or I'm actually a former singer of a rock band. So I can sometimes use my own rock music. Um, but what kind of music do you listen to or is it everywhere? Yeah, I'd say it's pretty eclectic. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I listen to everything from like instrumental folk, 
uh, techno, some pop, okay. uh, rap. Okay. Then yeah. I'll just, I'll, I'll make up something that'll blow your mind. <laughs> <laughs> but All thank right. you. And, um, good luck. I look forward to seeing how and what you did out in Italy. And, um, yeah. if I'm down, I'd like, I told Fred, if I'm ever down in Austin, I'll meet up with him. So if I'm ever down there, I'll let you know as well. Or I'm, yeah. I travel a lot. So I, um, but I, I'm not always down south. I try to go out west as much as possible. So. Okay. Yeah. So. I'd love to meet you here over in Texas. Great. <laughs> All right. Happy training. Have an awesome day. We'll catch up. Okay, and I'll send you, I'll send you an email with um, when this will be released and some uh, promo material as well. Okay. Sure. Great. Cool. Awesome. Have a great day. Right. Yeah. Thanks. Ron. Bye. So, like, very cool listening to Katie's stories. I'm really just in awe of her and what she has accomplished as an ultra marathoner and, and just all the work she's doing as a licensed professional counselor. Uh, her willpower, her energy is just, uh, just inspired and motivated by her. Um, make sure uh, to go check out her website, katiegraff.com. Stop by our website, theabstractathlete.com for information and news. And also go check out beginagaintoys.com for our new product line. Also, do not forget to check out the other podcast on the Abstract Athlete Network. Thanks for listening to the Abstract Athlete Podcast. We will see you next week. And as always, do not forget to exercise the body and do not forget to exercise the mind. Stay well out there.